In today's Vet Girl podcast, we're going to be talking to Dr. Shelby Reinstein. Dr. Reinstein is a board-certified ophthalmologist who works at the Veterinary Specialty and Emergency Center in Levittown, Pennsylvania. She's also the Vet Girl ophthalmologist, so Dr. Reinstein, welcome. Thanks, Garrett. Great to be back. Being that we both work in the same hospital, I see the patients that come over to my service in the ER, but then I also see the common breeds and dogs that walk over to your service, the ophthalmology service. And I have to say, you see tons of brachycephalic breeds such as bulldogs. Why do you see so many bulldogs and brachycephalic dogs in practice? What do they have? Yeah, it's actually a pretty uh, pretty common day for me to have two pugs on my schedule, followed by a bulldog, a Shih Tzu, a Lhasa Apso, a Pekingese, and maybe a couple Boston Terriers. So you you nailed it on the head there. And I think obviously everybody goes back to well, of course they have to see an eye doctor. They've got really bulgy eyes, and I, I agree. The conformational basis is you know basically why these breeds are predisposed to corneal disease. And I think that corneal ulceration would be the most common disease that I see in the brachycephalic dog and unfortunately, the most vision-threatening condition. So obviously, these guys have a lack of nose to protect them from bumping into things. They've got you know very short skulls and really shallow eye sockets, which gives them really prominent and exposed globes. But in addition to this conformational issues, there are quote-unquote microscopic reasons that brachycephalic dogs get corneal disease. They have less nerve endings in their cornea as compared to a mesocephalic dog. So not only are their corneas poking way out there, they don't feel those corneas as well. So this leads to an overall reduced blinking frequency, and oftentimes they don't even blink all the way. They'll sort of blink, you know, three quarters of the way, leaving the central cornea exposed, and this increases the risk of ulceration even further. I think that once a corneal ulceration occurs in a brachycephalic dog, we have to have a little bit more respect for them than we would a a corneal ulceration in another type, and that goes back to the nerve ending issue. I have a little saying that what the body doesn't feel, it doesn't heal. And so these central corneal ulcers will go south on you really quick and they'll go from being superficial to bacterially infected and, you know, a desmetaceal just within a couple of days. I will admit, while you were talking, I definitely had to look up the word mesocephalic. (laughs) I mean, brachycephalic, I think I know, and maybe even dolicocephalic if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But for those of you guys out there, who don't know what mesocephalic is, I'm with you. It's medium-sized dog. Is that right? Medium-sized face. A medium-sized face. I don't know that I've ever used that before, but I love it. I'm going to start calling all of my patients that are right in the middle, mesocephalic. Excellent. So now we have our populations that we're worried about. Let me ask you this question here. So I like that saying that you had, what they don't feel, they won't heal. What does that mean for me as a veterinarian that's not an ophthalmologist? How should I evaluate these patients differently or even more specifically, how should I treat them differently than another patient? You mean like a mesocephalic dog? Thank you. Yes, mesocephalic. (laughs) So I I think that's a great point, Garrett. And I sort of alluded to that earlier. Any patient that is brachycephalic that develops corneal ulceration should already be on your radar of, oh gosh, this one might get away from me. So basically what I'm saying is I wouldn't reach for triple antibiotic ointment twice daily in a pug ulcer. Whether it looks infected to start with or not, they love to get infected quickly. So there's a couple of things that you can do to make these cases go better. And I think the first one is 
is to explain to your owners what exactly they need to watch out for. Telling them to watch out for the eye getting worse is not the best way to give them tools that they can use at home. So talk about the white membrane of the eye and how the redness shouldn't get worse, that the comfort level shouldn't worsen, meaning they shouldn't be squinting worse, holding the eye shut or pawing at it, that the discharge should improve, and that the surface of the eye shouldn't turn hazy or creamy or start looking like there's a dent or a divot or a shallow spot. I think if you explain that to an owner, you'll end up catching a lot of these ulcers before they get really bad because the owners are picking up on those things that you told them to watch out for. So client education is one thing, but I think also being more aggressive medically from the get-go in these brachycephalic ulcers will save you a lot of hardship. So reaching for antibiotics that have a good broad spectrum but are also very powerful. So something like ofloxacin, or ciprofloxacin. Those are third and fourth generation fluoroquinolones and have a really great gram-negative coverage, including some of your really nasty pseudomonas. But in addition, I would reach for something like cefazolin or neopolygramacidin combo. Those broaden your gram-positive spectrums because you'll also see infections from staph and strep. So once you've covered the bacteria that you're worried about, I think giving these guys some pain control with oral, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, some atropine to dilate their pupil if it's really tiny, and as well, put them in an e-collar. Nothing that frustrates me more than seeing a patient that's not healing or who's made themselves raw around their eyelids because they've been allowed to dig at their eye. I think dogs are very cute, but they're not very smart, and they'll rub at an eye even if it hurts. So I'm going to throw a softball out there to you right now because I do know what your opinion is. But certainly the first thing that happens when an owner asks you, do I really need to put them in an e-collar? And then the second follow-up question is, can I just use that soft blue one because the back of my legs gets all bruised or the dog hates it or they can't eat with the hard plastic one? What's your feeling on the use of a hard plastic e-collar versus that soft blue or another type of fabric collar? So yeah, you set me up appropriately for that one. I'm a I'm an e-collar stickler. They have to be the hard plastic e-collars when it comes to the eyes. Unfortunately, you know, the donuts don't do anything for the face. They're going to be good for protecting the dog from turning, you know, trying to nibble on an incision on its on its thigh, for example, but that doesn't do anything for protecting the face. They can rub their face on over the carpet, all over the side of the couch, in the grass outside, wherever. So the donut doesn't work. The blue ones are just adorable, and that's about it. They don't function to protect from anything, in my opinion. They're foldable. The dogs get them out of the way. They're loud and crinkly and noisy, and I see no use for them. I would say that there are lots of options at PetSmart, Petco, wherever, any sort of local pet shop. They make the hard plastic ones that have a uh, a little bit of an edging that softens up that blow to the back of the leg. They're Velcro, so they're easy to take off and wipe out. I think the people, for whatever reason, always want to take the e-collar off when their pet goes to sleep. But unfortunately, that's also when our parents are going to bed as well. And so there's no one there to prevent the dog from rubbing at its eye all night. So if I have a client who's giving me a hard time about them being able to walk or eat or drink with it in, I'll kindly remind them that unfortunately, I do have to remove eyeballs surgically for corneal ulcerations that aren't treated appropriately. And so if we can just stick it out for a good week or so in the e-collar, hopefully we'll avoid an expensive, um, or vision-threatening surgery. 
awesome information. So if we could give our Vet Girl listeners for this part of the podcast some take-home points, what are your top three tips for treating a corneal ulcer in a brachycephalic dog? That's pretty easy. Number one is just start off by having some respect for the ulcer, meaning that these are the ulcers that you need to watch closer. So recheck them in two days rather than a week. Give the clients some tools and tips to be able to pick up on changes that would concern you, like deepening of the ulcer and really go big with your medications. That being said, if you recheck the ulcer and it's getting worse in spite of your therapy, I would consider referral or convince the owner that you need to be more aggressive with your antibiotic therapy because infection, infection, infection is the number one thing that makes these ulcers go south. And finally, don't let clients talk you out of putting their pet in an e-collar. Let them know how significant this issue is and how much damage their pet can do. Let them know, thankfully, it's a short period of time that they'll be in it and that it won't kill them and that hopefully we'll be able to save their eye. Awesome take on points. But the one thing that I keep coming back to here is you talked about these dogs having a little bit of a different anatomy, not only physically when we look at them, but you said microscopically they have different nerve endings if they don't feel they don't heal. So my hope is with all of these tips that we have healed the corneal ulcer that they came with, but are there things that we can do to prevent this ulceration, prevent this disease in the future? Absolutely. I think that your really bulgy-eyed dogs, the brachycephalic dogs, will benefit greatly from a daily lubricating therapy. I think this could be something like an over-the-counter refresh drop all the way to something thicker that is veterinary specific, but I think that if you can convince the client to provide these eyes with daily lubrication, you'll reduce the risk of microtrauma that causes these central corneas to eventually ulcerate. My preferred product, which is what everybody wants to know. What do I use? I use a product called Optics Care and Optics Care Plus. These are gel style lubricants. So they're thicker than a drop, which is great because they stick around a lot longer, but they're not as thick as an ointment. So they don't goop up the surface of the eye or goop on the eyelids or the eyelashes. The Optics Care gel products are fantastic. And, and I generally reach for Optics Care Plus in the brachycephalic dogs. The only difference being is that Plus has hyaluronic acid added to it. And we all know the benefits of hyaluronic acid. I had a client tell me she puts that around her eyes at night. So who knows? She's probably now using the optics care around her eyes at night. But hyaluronic acid basically is just going to keep your corneal cells happier. So once daily in the evening before bed, I think all brachycephalic dogs will benefit from a lubricating drop. So knowing the benefits of Optics Care or Optics Care Plus, as you were talking about with hyaluronic acid, is that part of your treatment plan when they come in with the ulcer? For example, we talked about the dog that would have the e-collar, that would have the antibiotics such as ofloxacin or ciprofloxacin, and even the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, but do you put them on Optics Care at the same time? You know, usually I'll at least start talking about the risk and, you know, I'm explaining the reasons why these pets are at risk. So if they have a normal other eye, oftentimes I will start recommending the lubricating therapy for those owners, explaining to them that eventually we'll likely treat the infected or ulcerated eye with that for a maintenance plan. Depending upon the underlying conditions that may coexist with this ulceration, for example, some minor 
minor entropion or maybe some dystichia or that this patient has concurrent dry eye. For those sorts of conditions where there is also an ongoing irritating condition, I would usually begin optics care therapy at the same time I begin antibiotic, etc. treatment for the infected ulcer. There are no contraindications for using the gel in an infected ulcer as long as it's not perforated and then the gel can get in the eye, which is never good. Awesome information. Thank you so much, Dr. Reinstein. I know not only are eye conditions challenging, but brachycephalic dogs are challenging as well. You put those two things together. We certainly worry quite a bit about these patients, but hopefully our vet girl listeners out there are more comfortable dealing with these corneal conditions, especially corneal conditions in our brachycephalic breeds. So thank you so much for being here with us today on our vet girl podcast. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon.